Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you're new to Radio Islam, take a moment and subscribe to the podcast. Never miss another episode. So wherever you get yours at, if that's iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or Google Play, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, for those of you who are in the Chicagoland area, as a matter of fact, it doesn't really matter where you are in the United States. Uh, you know that we are coming up on the midterm elections in November. For those of you who are in Chicagoland, uh, this next, uh, our next guest is going to be of particular um, interest to you. We have, joining us on the line, the executive director of the CLGC, that's the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicagoland, Brother Abdullah Mitchell. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam to you and your radio family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so we got the we have the midterms coming up, and for for us on a state on a state level, that means that we're looking at uh, every office from the governor down to the comptroller, uh, attorney general, you know, lieutenant governor, obviously, and. This is a point where, as a Muslim community, uh, specifically talking about the 400,000-plus estimated Muslims in the Chicagoland area, that uh, it's really important for us to be mobilized and be active. What are some of the, what are some of the things right now that is on CIGC's radar with regard to uh, this upcoming election and the vote? Well, uh, we have uh, kicked, out, uh, kicked off rather a get-out-the-vote campaign. It's primarily it, it's working with our member. Uh, we're working with our member masjids as well as our uh, social media to get the message out to the Muslim community the importance of voting the, this election. I mean, there's a number of critical issues that are facing our community, and a lot of them are have can be influenced by who's in office. Uh, just for by way of an example. Uh, it, uh, just a cursory following of the news, your your audience should be well aware that there's been an alarming rate, alarming increase in terms of incidents of violence against Muslims, right. properly coined Islamophobia. This is, uh, whether it's a uh, hateful speech or actually uh, acts of assault against uh, uh, Muslims, this is a problem where there's that has to be addressed in, in terms of how the legislature or, or, or law enforcement officials are going to address this issue. Another issue that's constantly in our face is the, the rising gun violence, particularly as it, in the city of Chicago. To uh, put up the banner of the Second Amendment and, and say there can be no solutions to this problem is unacceptable. Uh, we need to have representatives who are going to tackle this problem head on and bring around solutions so that the city of Chicago is safe for all of its residents. And then the last thing, and particularly as this impacts on Muslims, uh, is are the, the, the federal government's uh, immigration policies, whether it's the travel ban, the separation policy, all of them are having a discriminatory impact on Muslims. When you look at the, the, the travel ban, it's really directed at Muslim countries. So how can we bring about change? 
it's really got it's going to start part in the legislature to have individuals who are sensitive to the concerns of the Muslim community and can bring about that change in terms of their efforts to uh, uh, advocate for legislative solutions to these particular problems. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the key thing is is that we need to make Muslims aware of the importance of first registering to vote, and then once they're registered, individuals register, they still got to go take that next step and actually get out and vote. We have a campaign now that is directed to that combination of social media and actually uh, uh, going to each of the individual uh, massages in our in our uh, locality to encourage the members to one register vote and get out the vote. This is not an election that we can just sit by and hope the right thing will happen. There is an increased number of participation already in terms of people registering the vote. So it's important that we be among that group to make sure that our voice is reflected in the decisions that will be made by our future legislators and other elected officials. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the things you mentioned with regard to, um, well, with with the three three points that you made, uh, there is uh, these are all related to the fact that the Muslim community uh, is a very is a very diverse one. So we have we have uh, different issues that fall under this one uh, one big umbrella, and that speaks no yeah, and, and and that speaks to. Uh, that really just speaks to the amount of work that's going to be required, because even even though we're talking about uh, Islamophobia in terms of how Muslims are being uh, how Muslims are being uh, are dealing with bias uh, and prejudice, uh, the answer to that is going to be found in those who are responsible for policy, uh, our legislators, and then also uh, that's going to have to trickle down to. Uh, those who are responsible for enforcing those policies are law enforcement law enforcement officials. Um, so, within that, there's a lot of there's a lot of engagement. There's not a a one stop, uh, or you know, there's not a magic pill. Uh, I should say that's going to be uh, that's going to fix the problem. It's going to be it's multi layered, uh, and it's going to require a lot of engagement. So, go go ahead. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And I mean, realistically, and you you have to look at the role. Sometimes we we take for granted. We don't fully appreciate the role some of these individuals will serve. And to use by example, let's look at the role of uh, an attorney general of the state. When you look at the attorney generals as a, as a group have led uh, led legislation and, and litigation to uh, secure. Uh, settlements relative to the, against the tobacco industry, they they were on the front guard in terms of uh, the fight against uh, the banks when there was the when we had the uh, big burp, uh, the realtor bubble burst uh, back in the, uh, in the in the early 200s, 2000s here. So they do have a role to serve, and they're gonna and we see there's a role for the uh, our legis uh, whoever our Attorney General will be in the state of Illinois as it relates to policies and how those policies are implemented with respect to the very issues we're talking about, whether it's immigration, gun violence, uh, or hate crimes. Mm-hmm. So 
It's not just it's just not the government. It's not just our local officials. It's all of them. Legislators have an obligation to fashion policy that protects all of its citizens. And 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 our uh, executive officials, whether it's the governor and the attorney general, or like you say, local law enforcement, all of them must come together to uh, you know make this a safe place or a welcoming place for all the citizens of the state of Illinois. Yes. And, and with regard to gun violence, this is one of those areas that we see on the news, and it's a depressing, uh, it's a depressing t- uh, statistic that's given up uh, every. Seems like every Monday you hear in Chicago. I don't know how what it's like in other uh, places and other uh, cities around the country, but every Monday it seems that we get a report on how many shootings there were, uh, how many homicides there were, and this never. It's never. It, it doesn't really come with uh, a name. Uh, it doesn't talk about the individuals. It's not really a human report. It's just a numbers report, and it's done so often that for some people, especially for those people who may, who don't really find themselves in those communities that are mo- that are hardest hit by gun violence, um, it gets tuned out. It sort of becomes white noise, and this and in this particular. This particular issue right here, because I mentioned earlier how uh, we have such a diverse community, and which means that we have diversity in our issues. But when it comes to gun violence, um, we're looking at uh, the majority of those affected. Uh, what's the, the stats? Uh, 80% of those that are, that are affected by gun violence um, come from the, are in the African-American uh, community. And that's that may not be something that folks are aware of, uh, may have tuned out a bit on, but it's something that we definitely need to uh, keep in mind when we're, we're talking about why we need to vote and uh, and then attaching that also back to, once again, policy and law enforcement. Uh, if we don't have people who are serious about these issues, addressing them from a from a policy standpoint and then having the right uh, the right uh, type of leadership with the law enforcement, then we're not going to see, uh, we're not going to see a uh, diminishing uh, in these numbers. That, uh, and that's the important the reason, one of the, the issues that's on the, the council's platform in terms of the get out the vote is to use this important issue to raise people's consciousness of it. Clearly not, not everybody is directly impacted as you as you alluded to, by gun violence, it's something that uh, some only hear about on the uh, on the news or read in the paper. But the reality of it is having a devastating impact on so many families. It, and it's and, and just on the numbers alone. When you think, uh, I think in the uh, in 2017, there were over 4,000 people who were actually wounded. Uh, by a, a, the use of a gun. And when you read the stories of so many drive-bys, people never, not even the intended target, the, the, the losing their lives, the, the, the loss of any one person is more than should be tolerated by us as a society. And, we, and it, it's about raising everybody's understanding that we have a collective responsibility to address this, whether or not the guns, the, the people affected or impacted by it is, is in our own particular neighborhood. All right. 
and you know what I have to add to that that there is a um there there's a mindset that uh some some believe that if it does not impact me directly that it does not impact me but like any cancer or disease or sickness that exists in the the body it may not have hit you know may not have hit the heart uh at the outset you know it may not be uh, in the brain at the outset, but if it lies unchecked long enough, then eventually it affects the entire body. So, um, that, that being said, I want to just give another statistic, uh, to this particular point, because, um, even as you're calling for people to come out and vote, you know, the whole idea of get out the vote, uh, is, is voting, but it's also voting. It's, it's about being informed. Uh, being aware that this is one step, this is one step in what is required of us, uh, required of us as citizens, um, and that is to be able uh, to, to take on the responsibility of addressing the problem, the root causes, not just the symptoms. So we we have this this horrible gun violence that is wreaking havoc on families, um, but the underlying the underlying symptoms, the underlying reasons uh, that are uh, that, that support that violence. Uh, there was a statistic given, uh, basically just about 50% of African-American males, um, I think this, these are young males, I think it was like a 16 to 20 age range, but about 50% of them were not in school. Yeah, school age. They were, uh, 50% were not in school and also unemployed. And these two factors combined, uh, they speak of lack of opportunity, lack of access. Uh, there, there's an interruption. Something has gone wrong, and uh, I think, as 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 Muslims in particular, people of faith, there's a responsibility that we have to make sure that we address the ills, we address those things that are taking away from the uh, from the harmony and the, the 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 opportunity that should be there for each and every person in society. message is starting to take root. Uh, the Council of Islamic Organizations is all a, also a member organization of the Council of Religious Leaders of Metropolitan Chicago, which is a coalition of 30-plus different faith traditions in the, in the Chicagoland area. And they're, they're, um, they're, they have initiated a campaign as well as a matter of social justice that we as a community must begin to address gun violence, to remove gun violence. So I think the, the message is starting to take root. It's that people need to, all of us need to become more engaged in trying to find the solutions to, to these problems. It's not going to happen just waiting for the police department to solve all the problems or to look, uh, stay on the sidelines and just uh, I hope it doesn't in affect you. Uh, the reality of it is having a detrimental effect on our society. It's creating a culture of lawlessness in, in those areas. And, and it's not as if there's barriers to keep all this out and saying as if that's the problem. It's a culture that can inf infect the society as a whole. When there is, we lose law respect for law enforcement, where the respect for life is not there, where anyone is, whose life just 
your life, if we lose that regard, that, that crumbles and shakes the very foundation of any society. So it is a problem that impacts us all, and we all have an obligation. Even though we may not directly feel the pain to get, be engaged, to find solutions for this problem affecting our society. Mm. Now, can you tell me a bit, uh, once again, I, I really want to keep reiterating the diversity uh, that is present in Chicagoland's Muslim communities. As a matter of fact, in the Muslim community, uh, uh, the population in the United States, period, uh, it has been said that it has the greatest diversity that anybody will see outside of the Hajj. Uh, which which is a tremendous amount of diversity. Even if you've never been there, you may have seen the the, the, the live feeds and you see people of every uh, complex, uh, complexion and ethnicity. And, uh, you know, we see all, you know, men and women. Um, so I think that's really an important point to talk about when we talk about these issues and why it's important for us to get out uh, to get out the vote. With regard well, to... Well, I think it's... Yeah. Go, go ahead. And I, I think that's an important, and it makes it an important role for the Muslim community to serve. Because to the extent that Muslims, are, uh, as, you, as you make reference of such a diverse background, uh, collectively assume the mantle of responsibility to begin to address these problems, then you, it helps the society as a whole to begin to buy in. When there's, if it's just one isolated group, social, economic, racial, political group that's addressing it, it's so easy to say, well, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. When in reality, when it's embraced by the whole, we would see it as a problem for us as a whole, and there's more minds and more energy brought to the resolution of that problem. So I think that it, it, it does put the Muslim community in a unique position in terms of the diversity is reflected in this membership. We, the, the, key, the key aspect is not only to have it, uh, you know, having the demographic effects of diversity, but also to have some, to back the, that diversity with action directed at finding solutions to these problems. Mm. Let, let me ask this with regard to immigration. That's one of those other key points that, um, I think that many Muslims, uh, whether they be, uh, if if they have families who have immigrated here, uh, it's an issue that they pay uh, close attention to, uh, especially folks who, if remember what the first passage of the uh, the, the travel ban, the Muslim ban, uh, folks who had left to go and visit family and then find themselves uh, unable to get back in because they you know they didn't uh, they didn't they were not citizens at that point but had visas or uh, whatever their their temporary uh, registrations or, or whatever documentation they had had been rendered null at that point. So this is a, this is a really important issue for those folks. Um, uh, I shouldn't say for those folks, but it's, it, it resonates much more uh, on a personal level, a personal level with them. With Well, it's uh, and it, and the, and the reach is a little bit broader than that. You know, when you look at, uh, directing uh, this, this, the concept of oh, I have a visa, therefore I'm safe, where now the government is beginning to re-examine, re-examine applications to see if they can find any uh, misleading facts or, or to, in essence, try to find ways to vitiate that, that, that approvals for visas. Right. Uh, now the, 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 this administration has introduced policy where 
by we're looking anyone who comes to this country and uh, has this temporary visa and then is taking advantage of any kind of public benefits those to be a basis for uh, once again voiding that visa so it there is a uh, there is an aggressive policy uh, in being implemented by the current uh, uh, federal administration, and it is important that to maintain the creed and the commitment this country has to be welcoming to all that we as Muslims, particularly those, particularly as we're a group that is directly impacted by such policies, to stand up and resist and fight this uh, and bring about changes that are for the benefit of all of us, not just the Muslim community. Yes. So um, with regard to the, uh, with regard to, to immigration and for those who, um, who are really looking, that that's high up on their list uh, of issues that they are concerned about. What have you I shouldn't say what have you found. Yeah, what have you found or have you noticed any particular hesitance from uh, Muslims that you have encountered uh, where they feel like they, there are some hesita- hesitancy to step out there or to become active? Well, I think a, a factor in, uh, affecting the Muslim community is a, is a factor that affects many communities. And that's the degree, there's a degree of apathy, a feeling that it really won't matter if I come out and vote. How much will my one vote count? When the reality of it is, is, is it is very important that they become, their vote is important. Many elections are, are separated by, depending on the size of the, of the election, sometimes down to less than 100 votes. So we can have a big impact to the extent that we get involved. The more they get involved, the more your our voice will be heard and the more likely we are going to be able to impact uh, policy that will favorably affect the uh, influence of the Muslim community. So it, it's, um, but I, like I said, it, there's apathy, to, that feeling that it, it won't do any good or one vote won't make a difference. Uh, and that's the part of the, the purpose of the Get Out the Vote campaign, right. to raise the, pe- the community's awareness of issues that are directly affecting us right now and yeah. how there's a need for a solution right now. And then encourage them to register right now and get out and vote. Right. Now, I have to throw this in. Um, I don't normally plug movies, but I think this is one that if you are feeling like your vote doesn't matter or you're feeling like you can afford to sit home, this is one of those films that will definitely uh, give you pause and give you a reason to think differently. And that is the uh, latest Michael Moore um, uh, film it's called Fahrenheit 11.9. And in that film, I mean, he gives a a, a, a wide list of, of different uh, information from different polls about the the, I guess the the social temperature of the co- country, so to speak. Uh, but he also gives a stat which I found to be just downright. Um, I was just kind of floored by it, and it's that mm-hmm. says a hundred million people did not vote in the last presidential election. A hundred wow. 
million people that were eligible to vote but did not vote. And when we and, and the reason that he gave behind it was that some people and of course he he could only he could only assume uh that some people have have given up hope. They don't believe that their vote actually counts. And uh, a vote that is withheld or a vote that is not given it is a vote for the status quo. It is a vote for things as they are right now. And that is certainly not, we can't afford to uh, continue going uh, in that direction because the stakes are just too high right now. If you can hang on, if you can hang on with us for just a second, I want to just pause for a quick break. And uh, we come back, I want to talk about some of the, uh, the resources that CLGC um, has developed and just to get get into the uh, get out the vote campaign uh, a little more in depth. Is that good? Okay. All right. Uh, Radio Sound family, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we are on WCEV 1450 AM. We'll be back in just a moment. The Syrian Community Network with offices nationwide serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141. 0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent one in 260,000 The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories one in 1.7 million the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, 1 in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me... That meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, 
We appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you are just tuning in, just joining us for the first time, keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Our guest today is the executive director of CLGC. That's the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicagoland, Abdullah Mitchell. And we have been talking about the Get Out the Vote uh, campaign that the CLGC has rolled out. And uh, exactly when did when did the campaign start? Well, it started this week. Okay. We were trying to time it close enough to the election that once the message is to encourage people to act, uh, we, um, as I said, it's going to involve uh, integrating the, sending this message out through social media, through our website, as well as uh, actually going to the individual uh, member uh, organizations to encourage their membership to, one, register, and two, to get out and vote. So you're now, going to be extremely busy. Oh, it's going to be a busy, and, and it's going to be like the sprint. Yeah, it's going to be a sprint. But it, it, it uh, well, we're, you know, we're excited to do this. Uh, the number we have with this being driven by our uh, civic engagement committee, and uh, the individuals there are, are actively involved in this, and we're, you know, we're excited. We think that this will be helpful in raising awareness because, um, we are finding that there are more Muslims becoming involved, becoming engaged, not only in terms of exercising the right to vote, but to actually now begin to run for offices. So to have an, an impact, to be able to influence policies that benefit not only the Muslim community, but the community as a whole. Right. Now, um, I think optimism is not a word that we generally throw out when we're talking about politics uh, or talking about voting. But I think there is an air of optimism uh, that is around the recent activity of the CLGC. Uh, and I want to point back to the gubernatorial candidates forum uh, right before the primary. And uh, that was uh, that came through the Civic Engagement Committee. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. That's, that's right, man. Those are some of the activities that we're trying to do to raise the community's awareness as a whole. I mean, when we start to speak about resources, another thing I'd be remiss if I neglect to say this, the Council of Islamic Organizations is also a state-registered civic organization. Mm-hmm. And what that means for us as a community is, is that we are, uh, we, a number of members of the staff have been trained, so we can serve as a deputy registrar, and at least for the next week or so, we can actually register. We can come to a master or to a meeting and register the people uh, at, at, at right there at their site. Um, but even wow. if to the extent we miss that window, 
the, the state of Illinois, we've been blessed to have it. it, it there are it's much more relaxed and giving us more opportunities. And you can even register to vote on the day of voting. We don't encourage that. I mean, you can register online. You can register by mail. But like I said, the window is closing on that now. But there's still plenty of opportunities for, for the members of the audience, if they're not registered, mm-hmm. to register, to get uh, to become registered, become eligible to partake and participate in the general elections to be held on November 6th. Yes, yes. So that'll be going on. Uh, well, let me ask you this. For anyone listening who is in the Chicagoland area that may want to take advantage of that service, um, of being able to do a maybe do a voter registration drive, to have uh, CIGC uh, staff come out and register folks, what do they need to do? Who do they contact? Well, if they would uh, reach out to our office, uh, CIG, our, our telephone, general telephone number, is area code 312-506-0070. And, and just make your request, and then we'll, we'll put you in contact with someone who can assist and see if we can make that happen. Mm. And, and as I say this, I, the window is closing quick. We don't yeah. have a lot of time, but yeah. there's still, you can register online. And, and, and I encourage your, 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 your audience, uh, it's in the final stages of development, but we've got a, a separate website. It's uh, it's called it's www.muslimgovote.com. So www.muslimgovote.com, and what will they find on that website? They will find resources to help them to know are they registered, mm-hmm. where they go to register, even beyond uh, uh, in-person registration in terms of how to do it online, how it can be done by mail. It, where should they go to vote? What would a ballot look like for them in their particular area? Mm-hmm. And we've broken it down by county. So you would select, if I'm in Cook County, how, help me there. Lake County, DuPage County, Will County. We're trying to simplify our community's access to important information to help them to participate and be involved in the electoral process this time. Mm. So we, like I said, is uh, by the by the end of this week, inshallah, that website is called www.muslimgovote.com. Go to that. It will be a resource for the community and lots of helpful information. Even we're, uh, we're building it up and we have people making contributions to help us crystallize some of the issues and how they impact, such as, uh, such as gun violence or uh, immigration uh, or policies. Uh, or, uh, <coughs> now, what about, what about uh, will there be anything that includes, and I realize you've already mentioned quite a, you know, quite a, quite a bit, uh, as far as what's going to be available on that on that site, but will candidates' information uh, or their positions on those particular issues will, will that be a part of it, or is that a projected part? Maybe that that will um, uh, that 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 uh, and that will be a projected part. Okay. This is something. This uh, and so this will be a project for CIOGC going forward mm-hmm. because this is one election. We have another set of elections, very important elections for the city of Chicago coming up next year. That's right. Early next year. So this is intended by CRDC to be an ongoing resource for our community to get information. 
A lot of some of it is referring you to where you have to go, but it it, it becomes like I said a repository for information to help each of our our members to become effectively engaged in the electoral process of this country, and here of, of Chicago and in the state of Illinois in Cook County. Mm. Okay, well. We appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the get out the vote uh, rollout, and uh, hoping hoping that everybody that's listening, uh, particularly those who are in the Chicagoland area, will do exactly that. We'll make sure they're registered. We'll get out to vote. We'll we'll vote uh, informed. We'll we'll be aware of these issues, use these resources, uh, because there's too much at stake. So, uh, thank you once again. Would you um before you go? Give the uh, the website the contact info again for the uh, CLGC. Once again, that website is www.muslimgovote.com. Okay. Thank you. All very, right. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for holding me, him, giving me a chance to speak with the audience, and uh, I hope it's a benefit to all. And in uh, uh, my party words, register and go vote. Good enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Salaam alaikum. We'll take a short break and we will be back with the jobs report for this week with our friends from the Chicago Urban League. So stay tuned. This is Radio Islam on WCEB 1450 AM. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave 2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave 2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve 2037? Steve 2037 will be just fine. Well, okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You might know me on 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedinamerica.org hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Keep up with us on social media. Follow our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's our handle. And also subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. Look for us at Radio Islam USA. We keep it nice and easy for you, family. Okay. One of the things that we do each week, we connect with our friends over at the Chicago Urban League. Uh, we speak with employment specialist extraordinaire Kimberly S. Pearson, and she gives us the rundown on whatever jobs and resources are available for the Chicago area job seekers. I'm going to say it now, but I will repeat it again at the end of the jobs report. If you are not looking, that's fine, but you probably know someone who is, so share this information. This is also a standalone uh, podcast, a standalone offering that we uh, post wherever you get your podcast. So if you're following us, you'll you'll get the jobs report automatically. 
So direct them there, right? We're trying to make sure folks that are looking for work, find work. Okay, so now we are joined on the line by our good friend, Kimberly S. Pearson. How are you doing, Kim? I am good. How are you today, Siri? I am great. Another day above ground. Good. Living in purpose. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on this week? Yeah, so before I um, talk about jobs, I actually want to talk about some upcoming events and opportunities we have here at the Chicago Urban League. And uh, first up, I want to talk about our EY Connect Day. Um, it's happening this coming Friday at 12 noon here at the League. We do this every year with our wonderful friends over at Ernest & Young or EY as they go by now. Uh, the first half of this event will be resume building, uh, interviewing, tips and skills, and just uh, learning and talking more about navigating your job search and making sure it's successful and making the most out of it. The second half of this event will actually be on financial literacy and investment one-on-one -on -one and really talking about how to make your money work for regardless to how much or how little you may think it is. It's always an opportunity to um, make it grow, and they're going to get into a lot of details about that during the second half of the event. It's uh, very interactive. I have another call with them this afternoon, but I know so far this year's about three or four very interactive exercises. Um, anyone that comes out and participates will also get uh, complimentary headshots. This is something that people all over want nice. uh, and rarely will invest in or be able to invest in them. And we are offering them during this event free to you. So you can't really beat that. Uh, no, also, can't. lunch will be included. No, you can't. It's such a great uh, resource. Um, so if you are interested in participating, you can give us a call at 773-624-8800 to RSVP. Uh, space is filling up, but we have a lot of opens left, openings left. So please come on out and uh, show your uh, how interested you are in advancing and creating your career. And that's this Friday at 12 noon here at Chicago Urban League. Um, we also have a wonderful relationship with UPS, and they're on site with us every month, but because they are gearing up for the holidays. So this is for anyone that's interested in making extra money during this time of year. It is the close of the year. Uh, you might want to tie up some loose financial strings or just an extra stream of income, or you may be in school and this can be your source of income while you are in school. Uh, UPS will be here this coming Thursday, the 4th, as well as the 18th in two weeks. Uh, they will be here from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m., and it's a walk-in event, so you can do the application here. You can do it ahead of time at upsjobs.com, or, again, you can do it here. You will also enter you here, and you can get a soft offer on the spot. So if you're looking for part-time employment, these are two events that we uh, definitely think would be good for you. And if you're just looking to uh, get ahead of the game and where you already are, EY Connect Day is great for you. And that's October 5th. UPS is October 4th and 18th. Our address is 4510 South Michigan. We are on the corner of 46th and Michigan, right next door to the Swiss Family Mansion. 
Um, and so next up, I have some wonderful jobs. Um, I know that sometimes nationally you have listeners and Family Dollar, they are hosting a nationwide hiring event October 17th. So any Family Dollar, the one closest or furthest from you um, that you may want to work for or interested in working for, on October 17th, they are having a hiring event from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. You can apply online um, at their website or you can apply in person and also be prepared to interview in person when you arrive. Uh, the positions they're filling is store manager, assistant store managers, and customer service reps. So definitely an opportunity there for people that's interested in retail, retail management to gain employment. American Red Cross is looking for a shelter management specialist here in their Chicago office. Uh, this position provides basic administrative and clerical support uh, to the office that they're working in. You would also be responsible for responding to general inquiries about American Red Cross shelter services and programs that they offer. Um, you would also need to be good with Microsoft Word, including uh, Microsoft Office, so Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Outlook. And you would want a minimum of or need to have a minimum of six months to two years of work experience in a professional office environment. Uh, to apply for this position, you can go to redcross.org, click on About Us, apply now, and then type in shelter and select Chicago because their website has got positions from all over the world, actually, on it. So I had to do the click-through. Um, and you can also reach out to me directly. I can send the job description over. It's pretty lengthy. Um, next up, I have Chicago Access Network Television, better known as CAN-TV. Uh, they're seeking a part-time operations coordinator, so someone to assist with local programming through TVs, uh, to, through their channels, video production, and uh, with equipment. Pay is $15 an hour, and if you're interested in applying for this position, you can shoot your resume and cover letter over to HR at CAN-TV. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, that EY, is that called EY Day, right? Yes, EY Connect Day. It's every year, uh, first Friday, usually the first Friday of October. And it's interesting because we always have a hard time getting people to participate. But then once they're here, they're so excited. They want to know when the next one is. EY is always happy. They want to know when the next one is. But it's always <laughs> a Friday, and it's such a challenge to get people out. The first Friday, so many other things are on people's mind by then. And I, usually it's not uh, professional development or financial aid. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just the truth. Uh, we have to be realistic, you know. Um, and then also, for anyone that's just looking for a fresh start, a jump start, uh, a new start, or have never started and need to start, please come by on Thursdays at 9 o'clock for our orientation. We have a wonderful facilitator. Uh, she does an, a fantastic job every week 
on talking about the services and programs that we offer here at the Chicago Urban League. Mm. It's every Thursday at 9 o'clock. We do ask that you bring two forms of identification. Uh, So an ID, uh, your Social Security card, birth certificate, or bill with a utility bill, or just something that identifies um, who you are. If you don't have it on Thursday when you want to come, please don't let that stop you from coming out. Uh, We would just need to gather that information from you before you complete a program with us but we have a lot of things to offer and we want as many people as possible to come out and always hear about them so every Thursday at nine o'clock is orientation and most people when they come for orientation they're excited to participate with us in some capacity did our urban tech jobs program which we are heavily recruiting for right now uh, for individuals that's 18 to 24 our opportunity use job development program or someone who's just in the career search or needs to get in the career search our success strategies job readiness cohort um, we do that class it's every five four ten days where you would come out for a few hours of the day and do some job readiness mm-hmm. some motivational interviewing uh, behavioral interviewing skills it's just a plethora of things that you can come in and get out of that class. And then we definitely work with you on employment assistance. So we're here to service the community, and we want everyone to come out and and participate with us. Well, that's awesome. You've got um, uh, referrals and, and wraparound services, and I'm hoping that that, uh, that folks take advantage. So Yes. As yes. always. So we're here to serve. Yes. So as always, thank you very much, Kim. And uh, we are looking forward to all the, the 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 great news that you have for us again next week. Thank you so much, Tariq. It's always a pleasure, and I'll talk with you all next week. All right, Kim. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right, family. That is the jobs report for this week. Uh, you may not be looking, as I always tell you, uh, but you probably know someone who is. So please do share that information. Pass it along. Uh, Make sure it gets into the hands, into the ears, uh, into the lives of those people who need it most. Uh, A good job, uh, a a job where you don't have to work another job, uh, a job that pays you a livable wage is is extremely important. And it's a part of the public conversation right now for a lot of reasons. Uh, the, The lack of money, the lack of ability to pay your bills, to take care of your children, to keep a roof over your head, to keep food in the refrigerator, to keep clothes on your children's backs, on your back. Uh, this is something that is uh, central. Uh, it is it is essential. It's at, the, it's at the center of what it means to be on the road to having this so-called American dream. Uh, when all you do is work, um, and and not not in the sense of you working because this is your passion. This is what uh, this is something that you're fueled, you're driven to do. Your work is really a part of who you are. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when all you do is work because the jobs that you have don't pay you enough to take care of the essentials in your life. Uh, that can become a that can become a depressing existence. Uh, it strips away the dignity that in my opinion, that each and every person should feel when it comes to work. It strips away the value that you feel your effort, your time 
your uh, your experience, just you as a human being, bring to the workplace. When you're working and your check is uh, your take home check, you look at it and you realize, well, there's no way in the world I'm going to be able to uh, support myself or family off of this. Now, there are some there are some folks who who give off hard hearted arguments about, well, you should have thought about that as far as having families and uh, just doing the things that come with life, uh, with relationships. Um, you know, we, we look up and we're young people uh, in, in one moment and the next moment we look up and and we're married with with three or four children and we've got a mortgage and we've got uh, tuition that that, you know, to start planning for. Uh, you know, we, we have bills, right? We have responsibilities. We may find ourselves caring for uh, an elder family member. Maybe, it, you know, as a parent, we may find ourselves in a position where we have a special needs child where, um, where you know, where, where the, 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 the bills that other folks don't get, we get those bills, right? We, th- there are all types of curveballs that life throws at us. And, a lot of these things, they're not things that a young person could expect, nor should they be things that because we didn't sit down and plan out every aspect of our lives that we should be penalized for. So I say all of that to say that work should have it should it should have uh, an inherent sense of dignity, of worth, of value and respect, regardless of what job or what, what, whatever function uh, you operate in as an employee or a business owner, or whatever, uh, whether you're a traditional employee or, you know, you're a vendor selling socks on the street. There is an inherent um, uh, dignity that should accompany work. So when I hear um, or when I read the the news that Amazon, one of our largest, largest uh, companies, um, I mean, global uh, company. I mean, this is a titan when they are now considering raising their matter of fact, not considering they have already decided that they're going to raise their minimum wage to $15 an hour and that they're also going to be a part of lobbying uh, states and the federal government to see that that become the minimum wage. Now, when you think about Amazon, you think about how much money, the, the billions of dollars, I mean, billions and billions and billions of dollars that um, its owner, Jeff Bezos, uh, is worth. You know, one of the, I, I don't keep up, right? Forgive me. I don't keep up with who is the richest or second richest. I know that he is one of a an elite few on the planet who has, uh, who has more money Right. He's probably has more money than the, the, I, I, I don't even, I'm not I'm not even going to make the comparisons, but you get it. He has more money than most than he could probably spend in 30 or 40 lifetimes. And when you have that type of concentration of wealth and then you have employees that are making, in some cases, seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour, seven dollars and fifty cents an hour or whatever it is. And then you look at uh because the figures are the average amazon employee makes i think they said what like twenty seven thousand dollars it's not quite thirty thousand dollars um for the year and you look at uh in 
not just in just the cost of goods and services, the cost to live, the cost to uh, to have uh, housing in a you know in a decent area. And when we start unpacking how economics, how our employment is related to education, right? Our children's education, because we have a system more often than not, it is still the predominant uh, fashion that your school dollars are based upon real estate taxes, right? So home prices, the taxes that homeowners pay, those go to fund the our, our schools. So if you're making less than $30,000 a year, then that puts you in a position where you're going to, uh, it, it narrows, it narrows the search. It narrows your possibilities with regard to being able to provide your children with an educational um, uh, platform with, with a school that is going to have the latest in technology that is going to, um, that is going to offer them a pathway to higher educational uh, success and achievement. Uh, hence, then uh, in, in the final outcome, we're talking about social mobility. So this is a huge thing. It's a big thing. And it is definitely uh, time for it. And what I'm really hoping for is that is that others in that position that can that can treat their employees better and you treat them better by paying them better. First, let's start with that. Pay them better. Because they the, the outcomes are better. Simple as that. It's a better outcome for the, the individual, for their families, and for society. So it's a big thing, right? Who knew that we would transition from the jobs report into a conversation on Amazon and uh, a livable wage? But uh, these things are connected, and we have to work to make sure that we see the connections and, uh, and, and keep those in mind. Uh, remember November. Remember November. Remember November. There's too much at stake. It's too important. It's time. Nobody can be on the sidelines right now. All right, folks. I thank you. I appreciate you, family, for tuning in. We thank our engineers over at WCEV. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Kalamine. Our executive producers, Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, good people, I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.